Peace. What is peace? We think about it, we talk about it, we, under, we think we understand it, but what really is peace? The government was overreaching, generating chaos, creating a power struggle. There was political sides that were divided. Death and war were common. Racial issues were ever-present. And evil seemed like the direction of the world. It sounds like today, but this was the time that Jesus was born. They were having political issues. If you look at Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2 and the birth narrative of who Jesus was, you see that there's all kinds of chaos and confusion. Jesus came and brought peace. When there's political issues between Herod and Caesar on who's going to rule and how they're going to rule, there was tension in the time. There was this group called the Sanhedrin. They were leading the Jewish state. But they had two opposite political parties. One called the Pharisees. The other the Sadducees. And they had a theological difference that was complete opposite. One believed in afterlife. One didn't believe. And they had huge political divides because of that. The Romans were arrogant. That's hard to deal with when you're dealing with an arrogant uh, I don't know what it is, a race or a, com a country. But here's the thing. The empire, because of that, was hated. Anybody know any arrogant people? Don't look at them if they're next to you. <laughs> Arrogance is an issue because it takes over our being. And this is what we talk about. When Jesus was born into this world, there wasn't peace. Jesus came into this world, but he really didn't bring peace. At least world peace. We think that Jesus came into the world and it was such a beautiful, silent night, a holy night. All these songs come. But the truth is, it was at just the right time that Jesus came and was birthed into this world because it was chaotic. Evil was leading. Divide was a big part of it. And there was racial issues and tensions like there are today. The empire was hated. Jesus came into the world, and when he was born, it was the beginning of peace with God, God with us. It was a future thing of who we were. There was a movement of true inner peace inside of us into an outer, external world. Jesus came in and wanted to bring internal peace. But peace didn't come instantly when Jesus was born, though it did, and it didn't come automatically Faith was required. You know how you get a Christmas present that says batteries aren't included? In this place, faith is required. And in that little baby, faith is required. And in that, you will see a, an abundance of peace that we're going to talk today. Listen to this study. The Society of International Law London states that during the last 4,000 years, there has been only 268 years of peace in spite of good peace treaties. And if you look it up a little bit more, all the peace treaties that were ever made, 99% of them were broken. And then it says in the last three centuries, so 300 years, in the last three centuries, there's been over 286 wars on the continent of Europe alone. The point here is there's not much peace in the world at all. Peace isn't really what we understand because we think of it as peace and quiet. Equating quiet and peace as the same thing. And I don't, under, I don't think that's what Jesus is really communicating. 
Here's a quote that I found. It's an anonymous quote. It says that the peace Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but rather it's the confidence that he that he is always there and will always be with you. That he is there and it's with you. It's not the absence of trouble. We feel like that's what it should be, but it's really not. Well, I'm thankful that you're here today. Today we're going to talk about peace. And it comes at a perfect time and a perfect season in our life because we've had a really tough week. You know, the last several weeks and months, we've had issues that we've come to church and from one Sunday to the next, things have happened to our society that have blown us away. A few weeks ago, a church was shot up, 24 people dead. And then a couple weeks before that, there was a hotel in Vegas that was shot up. Many were dead there as well. From one week to the next, our world can change, and we need to make sure peace is a part of our life. And this week, we all know that we're under attack by these, these fires that are taking over one of our beautiful cities. Honestly, I am so blessed to be a part of a church like this, because your response and our reaction was unbelievable, and it continues to be. And I know many of you have done a bunch of stuff, but on Tuesday, we made a decision to switch our focus from church this week to a pray for Ventura night on Wednesday, and then Wednesday morning, we did a donation. We took two truckloads into Ventura, and it was truly a blessing of the outpouring of people and how we are standing strong, because the truth is, one year, it could be Camarillo and Ventura helping us out. So it was awesome. We partnered with a couple of agencies, and Mission Church has taken over, and it was awesome to see what we all did as a community. God is alive. Don't let the media and someone tell you Jesus isn't moving because we saw at mission over and over people coming with tons of goods. I saw this one lady. I had this, I had this trailer full of water and it gotten taken out and only had like 15 cases in it. And this lady showed up in her little Honda Prius and she pulled out more cases than I could ever imagine. She just kept pulling one after another and I'm like, man, she's making me look a little funny here. It's not hard to do, but it's uh, what she did. Anyways, the donations have really been received, and now it's time to serve. And I'm not talking about just tomorrow to help the Red Cross get the supplies into the place. I'm talking about the next months and years to come. We're going to adopt a couple families. There's a couple of families, a, a lady and her daughter. Her daughter was here two weeks ago, lost their house, and their kids are currently staying in Somis. And there's a couple of other people that have been impacted uh, one of our members is uh, in evacuation right now. So we are going to come around a few people and we're going to show the love of Christ and we're going to walk with them during this time. The other thing that happened this week is we made a decision uh, early to cancel our, uh, our response to the parade and the f- f- faithfully or thankfully they canceled it as well because sometimes it's not time to celebrate. I'm sure it would have been a good respite but the air quality was bad and so... Even though I love singing about Jesus down the streets, sometimes we need to push that aside and wait for next year. So I'm grateful that you're here. My desire and our desire as a church is that you will enjoy Christmas, but you will understand a deep peace inside of you. And it's no better week to talk about peace than we've had a a week where there's chaos and confusion and we see it on social media. But God wants us to understand peace personally, godly, and he wants to understand it to other people loving them in all things. So that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen? 
Well, today we're going to kind of go back to where Jeremy was last week in Isaiah chapter 9. And the beautiful thing about some of the writings that we see is this. Back in the time that Isaiah wrote this, there was evil and turmoil in their society at that point. There was conflict and chaos and confusion, and they had been taken over. But Isaiah was prophesying about things that were going to come in the weeks and months and years ahead for them. But today we look and we know what really happened. He was also prophesying about a savior, a great savior that did great things. And it was a dark time when the savior came. The Bible says, and we understand as Christians, that at just the right time, a king was born. And today we continue on, born as a king, and th today's the part about peace. Last week, Jeremy talked about hope. And I was talking to my friend John, and we don't talk about hope. Even this church, we don't talk about hope enough. We need more hope. And there's no better week to talk about hope and peace. Look at what some of the things is. In Isaiah chapter 9, if you, I read out of the NLT Bible, it talks about hope in a Messiah, a future Messiah that's going to come. Well, we know what he did. We know how he showed up. And now we need to dig back into his word and bring hope and peace into our life. The beginning of Isaiah chapter 9 says, Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when the Galilee of Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Nevertheless, there's going to be a time when the Gentiles, those that are, aren't Israelites, will be in rule and they will have this peace and hope inside of them. And that brings us to our great memory verse. It's from the common English. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in pitch dark, a light has dawned. That is the hope. Wherever you are in your life, there's a great light that has dawned and come into this world. And we can put everything on that, as you will see when we read today. You can put everything on the shoulders of that light because that light wants to bring you out of the dark and into the light. And follow Jesus for who he really is. Isaiah chapter uh, 6 continues. This light that dawns will enlarge the nation of Israel. It will be bigger than ever and the people will rejoice. They will rejoice as people who rejoice in the harvest like warriors dividing plunder. This light will break the yoke of slavery, it says, and lift the burdens from our shoulders. That's the light that we have. And that's what Jesus wants to do. So if you are able to stand, let's stand and read. We're going to read Isaiah 6 and 7 as our text today, and we're going to walk through it to find the peace that God has for us. Here's what it says. Isaiah 9, 6, 4, a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and, cannot, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and really what we need is the Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of the ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's armies will make this happen. Now before we pray... I want you to think about this week as we go through this Advent season. Our Advent kind of thing got a little derailed this week, though it's still up. If you want to look at our website or Facebook, we have this Advent uh, um, Bible study that you can do with your family. But here's what I want you to do. On your chairs, there's a card or three cards about prayer. And we're going to pray for 
salvation, revelation, and transformation. We have broken up the church in teams, but what I hope you will do is take a card and you will take it and say, I'm gonna pray through the new year about salvation to this world. Revelation is God speaking to our heart and speaking to man and women directly, and transformation is about God renewing our minds. So a bunch of people put out cards. Take one and commit yourself to pray during this season, especially as our, our community is under, under attack by this devastating fire and the wind. And challenge, I challenge you to pray through this and watch God's community uh, really be touched by your prayers. So let's pray. Father, we come before you today, and we give you thanks and praise. When we ask that you can calm the winds, if it's your will, Lord, we'd love to see the winds come down and the fire containment go up. And Lord, we ask that you bless those that have lost everything, that they will turn their lives into a glorious testimony for who you are. I pray that you transform us by renewing your mind. I pray that you speak to us boldly through your word and through other people and that you will bring salvation, new people into faith, and you will grow our walk in salvation with you, Father. Lord, we stand at your cross, worshiping you, loving you, and praising you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. So there's this concept that quiet and peace are the same thing, but it's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true at all. Quiet and peace are not the same thing. Has anybody ever been by a newborn? I got a picture of what a newborn looks like. The guy's like, if the kid doesn't shut up, the mom's telling him to take the kid or I'm going to do something that's really bad. It doesn't seem like a newborn would bring any peace and then finally they get to sleep and then you can't move. You're stuck wherever you're at. Don't move. Don't turn the TV on. If the neighbor dogs bark, you're going over there with a shotgun. We think quiet equals peace. But the truth is, uh, my friend Dustin who was doing the announcement, when his son sleeps, you can't do anything. He's stuck wherever he's at for Hopefully a long time because he wants them to sleep. But it doesn't equal peace. He's worried about all kinds of things. Peace is something completely different. Now here's what I'm supposed to say. Someone in here, if not all of us, need to understand this. It's okay to have a difference of opinion. Let me say that again. It's okay to have a difference of opinion. Our society recently has turned to this concept that my opinion and my beliefs are the only beliefs in the world, and if you don't take them, I'm gonna choke you out with them. And what's happening is our society is being divided. And there's a lot of chaos and unpeacefulness happening in our lives. It's okay that people have a different political belief. It's okay. Jesus is above that. And he can use anybody, anytime, and it's okay. It's okay that I love the angels, and we got a bunch of Dodger fans here. We just signed an awesome person, so take that. It's okay. You guys will work through this stuff. But it's how it is all over. Me and my wife are 
the same but different. Meaning, I guess we live in the same house. I don't know. That's about as much as we can talk about same. But it's okay that we can have some differences. She's highly organized and detailed, and she's got this brain that wants to study and be, in the, uh, be educating, and I'm not. I'm the counter opposite. But the differences make us right and whole and keep me balanced and keep her balanced and keep my visions and my, my thought process and my, my, my ideas down to earthly stuff or heavenly stuff because I sometimes get out there. But it's okay to be different. And the reason why I'm telling you that, if you want to have personal peace, if you want to have inner peace, if you want to have peace with God, you need to let some of that go. That has to stop or you'll never have peace. Today we're going to talk about peace, but it's actually the Greek version of peace. We look into the New Testament, and this peace that Jesus talks about is this word arene. It's this Greek word for peace, and we see it in, in, in uh, John 16, 33, and in 16, 13, and 14, 27. This, is, this peace is arene, and it's something that we need to understand. Now, the only way that we can really understand it is to look at the definitions in the biblical fashion. So here's the first definition. It says this, a state of national tranquility, exemptions from rage and havoc of war. So the first part is this, this global place of peace. The second one, it says peace between individuals. Then there are synonyms harmony and concordance or concord. And the third one is my favorite. It's called the Messiah's peace. Salvation, the way that leads us to peace. This is what the Messiah would say. This is what Jesus would do. He comes in and it's salvation through the way of peace. It says, Christianity, the tranquil state of the soul assured of its salvation through Christ. That's what peace would look like in Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot whatsoever sort that is. That's awesome. And here's my favorite one, and this is for women too, so don't just get, don't let the men thing. But blessed state of a devout and upright men, women, children after death. That's what peace is. We see that all the time. R.I.P., rest in peace. And those that have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they will receive this state of devout and upright, blessed state connected to Christ, ever present in their life. So when we look at this, there's really three pieces of peace, three parts of peace, a relationship with peace that we need to take out of this and, 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 and make it part of our life. The first one was peace with God. The second is peace with others. And the third is peace with ourselves or this what we call inner peace with God. Not this new age inner thing that we're looking for, but this inner peace with, with God and ourselves and being okay with who I am, even though there's a lot of things I'd love to change. That's what we're talking about here. So it says in verse 6, and we're going to go through these verses and find where we can see peace with God, with others, and ourselves. So here's what it says. For a child is born, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And today, we're going to call him Prince of Peace, and we're going to make him part of our life. That name is important for us, and it should be part of who we are moving forward. So what does verse 6 say? First of all, it shows to us the humanity of Jesus. A lot of times we get, we get caught up with Jesus was a man. Well, the Bible says he was born as a child. 
That means he was human. But he was also a son given to us. And in the Hebrew writings and in the New Testament, you see the son or the son of man was a godly gift. It was given to us. So you see this God child being brought into this world, 100% child and 100% God. And that's what we, we look at this first part. And not only was he God but he was, or man and God, but he could take great issues and put them on his shoulder. Whatever you're struggling with, my God, and my hope is that your God can take on any struggle, any issue that you're dealing with. That's what it says, that the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful. What does that mean, he will be called wonderful? It says wonderful counselor, but wonderful means he's not boring. He's amazing, he's wonderful, he's magnificent, he's all-powerful. This is a wonderful God, and he's not going to be boring, and he's not going to let you down. He's going to be wonderful. And then the word counselor actually means that he's going to give you wisdom and a rule over you with wisdom and help you work through this. He says, everlasting father. Everlasting is an eternal movement, and father, the word father, both Hebrew and Greek, is the originator. That's what it means. So he's going to be the originator of all these things, a powerful God, a peaceful God, and the prince of peace, he is going to bring eternal peacemaker. He is going to become our God, and if you claim to him, cling to him, and claim him as your God, you will have unbelievable peace. Salvation leads to peace with God. The first part is we say, my peace with God begins at salvation. It's this place where Jesus was born. In his birth, we receive this personal salvation in him. And through that, then the beginning is we receive the gift of, of, of salvation and then we believe it every day for the rest of our lives. And then we follow the tenets or decrees of the words of God and other Christian people that are living for God. And in that, we will receive this peace that transcends all understanding. That's what it takes to have a personal, peaceful relationship with God. Jesus comes in John 16, to give us this understanding of what peace would be. And we've heard this. But is this really what we believe? Because there's a lot of verses that are used in Christian churches that we hear and it kind of goes back to this loop. Oh, I've heard this song before. I've heard this verse before. But do you really make it part of your life so that you can have peace? He says, I have told you this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Listen, he is brought into this world so that you may have peace. Now, we want world peace. We would be ridiculous if we didn't. But the truth is, between Camarillo or Ventura County and San Diego County, there's huge differences, even in our own state, even though they're Southern Californians, so to speak. There's big differences the world is always going to struggle, struggle because of different regions. So really, it's not world peace. It's peace with God. It's peace with others. And it's peace in our heart so that we can be content with who we are. On earth, you're going to have many trials. You're going to have fires. And you're going to have loss. And you're going to have divorce. And you're going to have uh, bankruptcy and addictions. And you're going to have health issues that won't go away. 
Those that have been struggling with a cold and the flu and stuff and a cough for the last few weeks, this wind is not helping, especially with ash. It's worse. But even though all those things take heart because it says, I have overcome the world and I can take all the things that you're struggling with and I can make them whole, I can make them right. Just give me some time. Christians and man have become so instant that we don't wait. I'm gonna pop it in the microwave, 30 seconds, it should be done. And I'm gonna be into this blissful meal of peace. That's what we want. I'm gonna pick it up at 7-Eleven, I'm gonna stop off, and at least 30 minutes, that's about as much as I can wait. And we miss the point of who God is and how he works and how he brings peace because God is an eternal God. He's looking at the overall you. And how you're going to work and live overall in his life. That's what he's trying to do. He's an overall God. God's peace comes in so that he can overcome anything and everything. And you can rest it upon your shoulders. I want you just to think, what are you struggling with today? Is there any presents under the Christmas tree? Is there going to be any presents? Put it on God's shoulders. Think about what you're struggling with today and put it on God's shoulders. And there you will have this peaceful relationship with God. Marriages, issues with kids, issues with parents. Not mine, though. They're really good. They're... But we put all of those on the shoulder and then he starts to speak and move. And in that, we have peace. In my career path as a pastor, I get called in some of the most absurd and chaotic times in life. I've done a lot of weird things and a lot of scary things. And one thing that comes over and over through a Christian that I talk to that has great faith is I'm at peace. Even in the midst of of, of chaos. I, I didn't put the picture up, but there was a picture of this lady and this man, and their house got devastated, and the man dug through it and found her wedding ring. Did you guys see that picture? That just took my heart. And he got down on his knee, because God's with him. And he can do that. He can dig out through all the wreckage and all the rubble and find the, the joy of your heart and make it whole. Does that make sense? The second thing we need to do is have peace with others. It's okay to have a difference of opinion. Just between the man and woman thing, there's a big difference there. I don't know if you figured that out. Maybe go to college and get some biology information. But there's a big difference there. You know, we do marriage counseling. I make fun of it all the time. We're just so alike. No. Trust me, in six weeks or six months, you will be completely different, especially after you put the ring on it. We call them, I don't want us to be rude, but we call them Groomzilla. Is that what it is? No. Everything changes. And it happens quickly. And you need to pray. Because <laughs> you're attached to that for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good uh, uplifting marriage sermon right there. <laughs> Go with God. The second part is to have uh, harmony with others. 
individuals. You have to look at your life, especially if you're married or going to be married. I love my wife. She was home a couple days this week, and she was in my space. (laughs) Hopefully, she's not watching right now. But the point is this. We need to love others. We need to have harmony between individuals. Here's what I have done in my life. I've had to take all the wars that I've had with people, all the resentments that I've lived with, and all the unforgiveness, and I've had to come to peace with it all. You know, I was in my recovery. I don't know if you guys all know this, but I'm pretty open with it. I was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and 15 years ago I got clean, and I had to work through my wars that I were having in my head. Maybe I'm the only one, but I got some wars going on. And I had to come to Jesus on that, and then I had to come to the resentments and the the struggles that I was having with people, places, and things, and then I had to work through the unforgiveness after that. We think that, oh, I'm going to put Jesus in my heart, and there's no more problems. That's a Disney movie. That's not real life. I need to come to a moment in my life where I am no longer struggling with other people. Because I will never have peace. My neighbors will drive me crazy. My dog will drive me crazy. My kids, everybody will. When you flip it over, you'll see the beauty of everybody, even if they're the opposite of you. And that's what God wants us to do. His government will be on his shoulders, and his peace will never end. If you believe that, then you can have peace with other people because no matter who's in office or who wins elections or what's leading your life, his government never ends, and peace will never end because of him. And it says, if you believe that, mission impossible, if you believe that, And he will rule with fairness and justice. Now, we struggle with that. What is fair and just? Well, it's not your fair and just. Your fair and just is only looked through through your little pinhole mindset. And I'm not saying you guys are pinheads. I'm just saying pinhole mindset, this narrow version of the way that you look. Everything that I look at, I have to skew it away from how I believe and feel and say, is this Jeff's opinion and Jeff's will, or is this what God really wants for all of his people? And I have to break that will and that stronghold so that others won't become part of my my negativity and I end up struggling with them. His justice and his fairness will rule. And that's how you need to live. That's how you need to understand. That's how you need to grow. Is letting God move inside of your life so that you look at even people that you struggle with, maybe politically, racially, economically, And say, I'm okay with them because I'm okay with myself. And that brings us to the next part, the last part. Is being peace with ourselves. Now, for some of you, peace with others is the hardest thing. For someone like me, peace with myself was the hardest thing. I'm okay with other people for the most part. Some of you guys are really annoying. But for the most part... For the most part, I'm good with other people. But the thing that I struggle with, the thing that I had to work diligently and still work with diligently in my prayer life is to be okay with myself and how I feel and how I, 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 I react to God. And that's this last part is peace with ourselves. Here's what it says. Christian, 
Christianity or Christians is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Are you assured and do you believe that? And do you wake up every morning saying, no matter what, I am assured in heaven. That I'm going to have a relationship with God and it's comfortable and no matter what happens, I'm going to be assured. Do you wake up and look at that and say, this is who I am? Or do you pick up your phone and start flipping through Twitter or Facebook or whatever and start getting frantic? Or you look at all the things that have come on your phone through whatever news medium you're looking at and starts to create panic and chaos and confusion. Well, the first thing we need to do, the first thing I need to do is I need to come into this tranquil state that I am a, a child of God. I am the son of the most high God and in him I have life and life everlasting. And I'm assured of that. And when that happens, all the other stuff starts to winnow away. And by 9 o'clock, they're back. And I've got to shake them down and start over. I have to have peace with myself. And here's what it says. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's armies will make this happen. The Lord has built up a heaven's army. And those are those, those, that army is those that call themselves Jesus as Lord and Savior. That have put faith as part of their life. He's building up an army. And one day every army, every knee, and every human will bow to this God. We call Jesus. But it says the Lord is committed passionately for you to have peace for you to find hope, for you to live out in joy, for you to understand his love and live it out. The NIV version says, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. He will make him a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and he will make him a prince of peace in your life if you want that. Do you want peace? It's like Jesus walking to that man at the, the pool's and saying, do you want to be healed? Most of us say, yeah, I want peace, but I won't do anything for it. Which is forgiving and letting go. Be, letting the resentments and the unforgiveness and the struggles that I have with people go. The peace of God is only attainable in and by the Messiah we call Christ. The peace of God has no end and his princely rule shall perpetually increase and be unlimited. There's no end to his peace. There's no end. Now we're comfortable today. But I know there's a lot of people in shelters and displaced in family members' homes and there's not much peace there. The future of their life, their community has been turned upside down. And it could be us next. And I'm not talking about this week with the fire coming back. I'm talking about next year, next month. It could be us. And it's happened in Camarillo before. And it's happened in Ventura County. And we need to make sure that we understand that in Christ, his peace never ends. And he can take anything on his shoulders. What does that look like? There's a martyr. His name's Nelson, uh, Nicholas Ridley. I want to use this to kind of close. Nicholas Ridley was an English bishop. And he was a martyr. He was uh, sentenced to burning of the stake because of his witness for Christ. Now, that's, that's kind of cool. I don't know 
today if anybody would do that, you know, we're going to burn a few Christians at the end of the service. Anybody want to witness? Probably limited people coming to the altar. But this man was that. But that's not the best part about it. That's not why he's in the history books. Because of what he did was what he, what he said right before he died is what makes him in the history books. The night before Ridley's death or execution, his brother offered to stay with him in the prison chambers to comfort him and to assist him and be with him the last 24 hours. He says, I'm going to be here. Let's just live this last 24 hours like we've never lived before. And he replied, no, tonight I'm going to go to bed and sleep as quietly as I've ever had in my life. Because I know my God, my everlasting father, my prince of peace will be with me and be a part of my life. No matter what, he will cover me. And meet our needs and meet his needs. And that same God with that same son, Jesus, born as a king. Can do for you. Now as we get ready for the choir. I want you to think of this. Here's what the peace of God looks like. I got a picture of the cross. This week on Tuesday when the burning was. That we got this picture of the cross. Think about the picture of the cross. And what God is doing. This is actually our life. Put yourself as the cross on the edge of, of Ventura. Many of us have been there. Somebody goes there weekly, several times a week. We've been up there, we know the cross, but this is our life in the midst of chaos and confusion. You see back, and if you've been up there, we were up there on Friday, uh, or the areas down below it helping out. All around it is burnt, but the cross survived. And it didn't survive 100%. If you look at the next part of it, that it got burnt a little bit. But God's images, even in the midst of fire and turmoil and devastation, even if you get burnt or maimed a little bit, I am your God and in me I have peace about this. Amen. That I can live in peace, I can roll with him no matter what because his peace rules our hearts. Even though my life might have been a little damaged or someone's life that you know might have been damaged. God says, look at my cross. Take up your cross and live out your life and your faith with Jesus. And you watch. I will be peaceful. I will be your wonderful counselor. I will be a mighty God that's the originator of everything good in your heart and in your soul. He is the Prince of Peace. This picture of the cross is really who I am. I've been beaten up a little bit because of my own doing. I've got a few singed areas, but it still stands strong. I don't let my circumstances, I don't let my pain and my agony hold me back. I let Christ rise up. His peace is part of my life. And you can clap and pray and get excited. Well, good, Jeff. You're a pastor. You should have that. No, I'm telling you that because if I can do it, you guys, I guarantee can. Because I'm the least person. I'm the most unpeaceful person. I'm the most selfish person. And I've worked and learned to get out of that so that peace can become part of my life. I've had huge resentments. I've had war with people. 
I've had unforgiveness as part of my life. And I've turned them over and asked God to bring his peace inside of me. And I promise you, if I can do it, because I'm stubborn, ask my family. They'll be here in about 10 minutes. I'm stubborn. And I'm up here as a testimony that if I can do it, I know you can too. Safety consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Here, as I look at my cross, in the presence of God, it's not the absence of danger. It's in him that I will have peace. In him, I will accept other people. In him, I will be okay with what's going on in my life, even if it's upside down. Even if I'm in the courtrooms fighting for, for, for my life and for my family. Even if death and destruction is a part of my week. Even if I'm in bankruptcy and I'm losing my house or my car or there's an addiction that's crippling me, if I believe in Christ, the peace of God will be a part of my life and I will receive that and it will be everlasting. Peter says this, 1 Peter 3.11, turn away from evil and do good. Search peace and work to maintain it. We hinder peace and God's challenging you to let it all go. And let the peace of God come in and watch the peace with others and peace with yourself become ever-present in your life. Amen? We just bow your heads. Lord, as we come into the Advent season, and as we're in the middle of a crazy, chaotic, devastating week, I pray for peace. I pray for those that are caretakers and providers as they have people in their house right now that they will be comforted and have peace. I pray for those that are in shelters, that they will find peace and that Christ will come alongside them and build them up. And I pray for us, maybe that aren't struggling like that, that we will let go the things that are hindering us and that Christ will become ever-present and we will become peaceful with others and peaceful with ourselves. Lord, the beginning of peace starts in salvation. And that's a commitment to saying, Jesus, you're my Lord. If that's you today, if, if you need a Savior and you need peace and you need a fresh start, you can claim Jesus and become born again. Or maybe you've walked away for weeks, months, or years, and you feel like you just need to start over. If that's you today. You can say a prayer and, and, and jumpstart your life and, and receive the peace and the hope that Christ has for us. That you repeat after me, Father, forgive me. Come into my heart, come into my soul, and become my Prince of Peace. The hope of the world in me and for me. I pray, God, that you are my Savior. You died and you rose again for my salvation. I thank you for that. I lift my heart to you, Lord, and ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon me so that I can follow you all the days of my life from this point forward. I claim you as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.